protect yourself. No one knows New York better. The founder of the Guardian Angels, Curtis Lewa. And you can't compete against that. On 77 WABC. So it's time for us here at WABC with the carnage that took place up in Buffalo, the east side, to do a deep dive on all the facts that we know at this point, because all of a sudden the politics is taking over from what actually transpired on Saturday. Uh, I was on the uh, airwaves with Anthony Weiner at 2.30 in the afternoon. We had no idea. Uh, that an 18-year-old guy on a mission to kill and injure as many blacks as he could left a, a small bucolic town outside of Bingington that he resided in, population 5,000, and drove the 200 miles in his parents' car and was going to complete a manifesto that he had developed over many, many months a manifesto that actually, according to authorities, is about 180 pages. And it's quite specific, it's quite uh, direct, and it indicates what his motivations were, what his plan of action was, and why he chose uh, that top supermarket in East Buffalo, because, as he said in his manifesto, the idea was to find a place in western New York not far from his residence, where he could kill and maim as many African-Americans as possible. So yesterday, uh, we saw a number of uh, uh, public safety officials uh, give us a press conference uh, in which they told us specifically the specificity of what had transpired, how it had transpired, to the best of their knowledge, because this was done within hours of the actual shooting where 10 were dead, three others were injured, and uh, the individual himself, his name became uh, aware to all of us, Peyton Gendron, 18, from Conklin, New York, in Broome County, was in a position in the supermarket after um, committing such uh, violent acts of aggression and execution that he was caught by two uniformed Buffalo police officers. He had his Bushmaster... uh, uh, assault rifle right to his neck, was prepared to blast himself in the hereafter. They talked him out of it. He took off his military-style helmet. The video cam that he had attached to it, he did a live stream uh, of the shooting. Uh, and uh, the body armor that he wore, which protected him from being shot down by a former retired Buffalo police officer, who was the only person between him and entry into the supermarket. Uh, he was able to shoot that, um, that uh, retired police officer who was the security officer. The security officer fired on him, but unfortunately his bullet uh, bounced off of that body armor. And then he continued his carnage. So we had an update at that point and a statement that I think epitomized what so many were thinking at that moment by Sheriff Garcia of uh, Erie County. This was pure evil. It was straight up racially motivated hate crime from somebody outside of our community, outside of the city of Good Neighbors, as the mayor said, coming into our community and trying to inflict that evil upon us. No doubt. I mean, it's uh, evil personified, no doubt. 
be very difficult to find anybody who couldn't agree with that statement. And when law enforcement handled their aspect of the press conferences, they gave us an incredible amount of information. And normally uh, uh, they might have kept a little closer to the vest, as we've seen in other shooting situations, regardless of the backgrounds of the person or persons involved. We got a wealth of information about this 18-year-old, including the fact that he had posted this manifesto before he went on his killing spree, trying to find as many blacks as he could to maim or kill. But then today, with midterm elections in the distance, not that far away, our elected officials in New York decided that they were going to go all out and use this as an instance of why they should be reelected to office here in the state of New York, the Democrats. Kathy Hochul, the governor whose backyard is Erie County, she grew up there. She obviously is very familiar with those uh, neighborhoods uh, in uh, East Buffalo where she's campaigned before. She was a congresswoman for two years in uh, western New York before she became lieutenant governor under Andrew Cuomo. And then uh, when he resigned, she became the governor and is now running. Uh, for her first election bid to be governor. This is what she said in front of a black congregation nearby the east side. But mark my words, we'll be aggressive in our pursuit pursuit of anyone who subscribes the ideals professed by other white supremacists and how there's a feeding frenzy on social media platforms where hate festers more hate. That has to stop. Wow. I don't ever remember her saying that when she came to Sunset Park, Brooklyn, after Frank James rolled in to our city from Philadelphia, where he uh, had rented an Airbnb, rented a van, and came in with a 9 millimeter and shot 10 people on that N train at 8.30 in the morning rush hour at 36th Street. I don't ever remember her talking about Frank James. By the way, side story, Frank James, who is incarcerated in the Metropolitan Detention Center in Sunset Park, has uh, a new uh, cellmate, R. Kelly, that pedophile on a pedestal. Apparently, they sing show tunes under a carousel. We'll talk about that later on. I don't ever remember her saying that about Frank James. And boy, do we see a lot of YouTube of Frank James. Uh, I wish I had a few of those hours back, uh, all the rantings and ravings that I watched, in which he uh, was attacking people of all types, whites, Asians, some blacks. Never heard of saying anything about that. Well, again, she's running for election here. She's playing to her constituency. And then Chuck Schumer, well, he had to surface, of course. Nobody was going to bogart him. He tried to put this in a historical context. What I do know is that yesterday's shooting is part of an ugly pattern, one that dates back to the earliest days of this nation. Nation, Racism, unfortunately, always has been, and unfortunately, even more still is, the poison, the poison of America. And as you know, many of the Democrats have said that the number one problem, the number one threat to America is white... White uh, hate, white separatism, white supremacy. And that's the theme they're running on. But rather than get involved in all the political aspects in the aftermath of the shooting, how about we bring to the forefront facts that we have learned 
in the last 24 hours that I think many of you who are listening right now are oblivious to. Whether you happen to be in the tri-state area or you're beyond because you're listening to us on the app where you can hear us crystal clear all over the world or you're listening to us on the stream on your laptop computer or your home or your work computer. The fact is there's a lot of information and there's a lot of misinformation, as there always is in the aftermath of these kind of shootings, regardless of which people or which persons were responsible. So we have this 18-year-old guy, and the first knee-jerk reaction that I think most of you out there who are rational have is, did this guy have any mental health issues? Because you really got to be a screwball. Uh, to take a, a Bushmaster gun, have a 180-page manifesto, have a military helmet, body armor, and a camera wanting to uh, actually have a, a video, a video representation of what you intended to do. You had to be mentally imbalanced. I think we can all agree on that. And even though he was 18, apparently there is some information that suggests that he was investigated by both the New York State Police and the FBI because uh, he had threatened to shoot his classmates uh, during a graduation in June of 2021 when he graduated. All we know at this point is that he was summoned for a sit-down and that apparently there was no follow-up whatsoever. What we've been told by residents of his community and neighbors, many of whom were in shock in Conklin, New York. Remember, it's a town of 5,000. Many have described it like leave it to Beaverland, Father Knows Best, Little House in the Prairie outside of Binghamton. Is that this guy was a really good student. He's by himself. He was not a social person, a little weird. But then again, uh, he scored 92 in many of his subjects, and he graduated. And when he had a graduation, it was on his front lawn in his uh, parents' house. And many of the neighbors and his friends actually came, which was the tradition in that neighborhood. So they've typified him as being a bit weird, a bit odd, a bit bizarre. But then again, think when you were going to high school, how many kids that you went to uh, your class with were a bit odd, a bit bizarre, but didn't go out and get an assault weapon and go into an area and kill as many people as they possibly could. So what else do we know about this 18-year-old? He had a fixation for guns. Well, I got to tell you, knowing a lot of people who live in those parts uh, of rural areas, suburban areas, uh, that's not uncommon. That's more the norm than the exception. Remember, you have hunting out there that exists uh, for many months of the year, Remember, in New York State, you can own a rifle and a shotgun at 16. You could buy your own at 18. And, in fact, apparently he had gone across state lines in Pennsylvania to buy a shotgun, which allows New Yorkers to buy long guns if they're at least 18 and can pass a criminal background check, which he did, which he did. Now, if you're under 21, you can't get a handgun permit, but there are no permits needed for a long gun. And we do know that he, on his own, went into Endicott, New York, a community nearby where he grew up, went to a gun store. And there were documents and purchase uh, history documents on the Bushmaster gun that he purchased. And according to the owner and operator of that gun store, who had never seen him before and hadn't seen him since, uh, he passed a background check. He had an FBI National Instinct Criminal Background Check at the point of sale in New York, and the check turned up nothing. 
And as an 18-year-old, you scratch your head and you say, well, that's probably the probability. You're so young at that point, you really haven't developed any kind of a criminal record. And other than this mental health issue, uh, which uh, we still don't know much about, doesn't seem to be much in his background that would suggest that this guy would end up potentially walking into a crowded supermarket in the east side of Buffalo and end up killing as many black people as possible. Again, he killed 10, wounded an additional three, and he is now in custody. He has been arraigned. The arraignment occurred quickly. He pled not guilty, charged with first-degree murder. Other charges are pending. A grand jury will be assembled uh, this Monday morning. They'll hear other charges, and he's going to have multiple charges thrust to get, uh, against him. Well, let's open up our phone lines because clearly the politicians are taking a, a page out of this horrible situation and attempting to profit politically from it. There's no doubt about it. And if you happen to be the Democrats and you're facing annihilation in this midterm election, a red tsunami because of the filibuster, because of the uh, impotence of Joe Biden as president and Paula Harris as uh, vice president, you need to grab on to as many different subjects as possible as a lifeline. Obviously, this January 6th, there's a potential repeal of Roe v. Wade. And now there's the actions of this crazed racist gunman in Western New York that has many of the elected officials here saying gun control, gun control, gun control. And I say to myself, who? Can we hear uh, Kathy Hochul here again? Kathy Hochul, please. The governor. And of- mark my words. We'll be aggressive in our pursuit, pursuit of anyone who subscribes the ideals professed by other white supremacists and how there's a feeding frenzy on social media platforms where hate festers more hate. That has to stop. Now, we recently heard our mayor, Eric Adams, say the same thing in regards to the shooting spree that Frank James went on on the end train. But nobody has explained how you exactly do that, how you go into the social networking system as vast as it is and begin mining information uh, that suggests that you have to do you have to uh, do an intervention because the handwriting is on the wall, so to speak. We don't know when this 180 page manifesto was posted. It might have been posted the very same day that he went into that top supermarket, the 18 year old, and shot and killed so many blacks and others. We have no idea yet. I never heard Eric Adams, our mayor, say how you uh, go into the social networking system and mine these nuggets uh, of individuals who are ready to explode with rage. And I certainly didn't hear it from Kathy Hochul today, the governor. But I will tell you this, she spoke a lot about gun control, and a lot of people don't know this, but she has something similar to U.S. Senator Gillibrand, the junior senator of the state of New York. When both were congresswomen, because um, Kathy Hochul was a congresswoman for two years representing Western New York, actually beat a Republican, Chris Collins, in a Republican district. Guess who got the NRA certification? Kathy Hochul. She got an A- minus rating from the NRA. She wanted to overturn the handgun ban in D.C. She wanted private gun ownership as a guarantee. This is the same Kathy Hochul now who's screaming, we need gun control. Gun is governor, gun control. When she was a congresswoman in western New York, where a lot of people have guns, she was the uh, 
the queen of the local NRA. And wait a second, there's Senator Gillibrand who came from outside of Albany. She was Miss Annie Oakley. She had guns, uh, what they call long rifles, shotguns underneath her sort of perfect sleep bed. She actually bragged about it. She would go out to the shooting range. As part of her uh, political appeal to the voters up there in a predominantly Republican district, she said, I'm Annie Oakley. I shoot. Come into my house and I'll blow you to the hereafter. Guess what her rating was by the NRA when she was running for Congress? She got an A+. Man, they said, boy, all Democrats should be like uh, Senator Gillibrand. Well, then all of a sudden Chuck Schumer approached him and said, I'd like you to replace Hillary Rodham Clinton, who is going to become Secretary of State for Barack Obama. And i got to be honest with you, Gillibrand, if you remain the darling of the NRA, you're not going to become the U.S. Senator. Because on the other side of the aisle, you have President Barack Obama and Michael Bloomberg promoting uh, Kennedy, Caroline Kennedy, who couldn't even chew gum and think at the same time. But she was the leader. So Schumer said, I want you to be the junior senator. But you're going to have to become pro-gun control. So she went from an A-plus rating with the NRA. And within six hours, she had a complete epiphany. She was melting down her rifles and her shotguns. She was talking about kicking in doors and seizing weapons in her congressional district. And guess who became the next U.S. senator opposite uh, Chuck Schumer? Not Caroline Kennedy, who eventually became the U.S. ambassador to Japan. But Annie Oakley, no more, Senator Gillibrand. Now you know the rest of the uh, story here. Because I deal with the fake, phony, fraudulent, fugazi politicians on all sides of the aisle who will actually dance the horror and the tarantella and make political hay on these absolute atrocities that occur. Because it's all about calculation. How can we benefit? How can our party benefit? Hey, Republicans do it too. But in this case, I see a cacophony. A chorus of Democrats who are screaming, yelling, hollering about needing more gun control. And yet the two leading advocates of that, Governor Hochul and uh, Junior Senator Gillibrand, both had an A-plus rating when they were congresswomen from New York State, from the NRA. Think of that for a minute. Our number is 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Check this out. No one knows New York better. The founder of the Guardian Angels, Curtis Lewa. And you can't compete against that. On 77 WABC. Listen, baby. You know it. When you're dancing, yeah. You show it. When you're well, one thing we know about this deranged gunman who killed 10 and injured three others in Buffalo on a rampage to kill and maim as many uh, African-Americans as possible. According to everyone in his small town of 5,000 near Binghamton, is that he was not social. He didn't have a girlfriend. He didn't go out and hang out with the uh, guys. He didn't go drinking beer, hang out in any kind of a social uh, location in which they were doing puff, puff, pass or anything. He wasn't a jock. He wasn't a head. He just, he didn't seem to fit in. They said he was a bit odd. They said in the middle of the uh, crackdown uh, because of the pandemic that he would show up uh, in school for class with a full-length hazmat suit on. 
Uh, some of the students said he was just uh, trying to be comical. Others said, no, 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 no. This guy was a loony kazoony. On a more serious note at Susquehanna Valley High School that he attended, the New York State Police uh, did investigate him, Peyton Gendron. Uh, a year ago, his senior year before he did graduate, they did not prevent him from graduating. Uh, and apparently he uh, turned up on the uh, the radar screen of the FBI ever so briefly because supposedly he made student statements that he would shoot fellow students before or during the graduation. Uh, supposedly the state police had to sit down with him. Kathy Hochul would be privy to that since she's in charge of the New York State Police. Um uh, they claim that maybe he was referred for therapy, but there doesn't seem to be any documentation, documentary evidence on that. All we know is he continued on to his graduation. They had a graduation party on his front lawn. His uh, parents were two civil engineers for the state of New York, highly educated. Now, some people said a bit snooty, you know, because they thought they were better than everyone else because their pedigree, their educational background seemed to be better than the townies. He had two younger brothers, but they had a high school graduation party for him last year on their front lawn, which is the tradition in their town, and people showed up. Because you see, if you're a weirdo, they ain't going to show up. They're not bringing cake. They're not bringing wing dings. <laughs> they're, they're hiding in their houses. So we don't really quite know. They claim it's a town like Leave it to Beaver, Father Knows Best, Little House on the Prairie. That it was a stable household, that the father and mother uh, clearly were in control of the household, that it wasn't dysfunctional. This is according to neighbors and friends. But that they were a bit aloof. Uh, They were a bit stodgy because uh, compared to other people who lived in their town of 5,000, their pedigree was much higher. Their educational background was much higher. And they both served as civil engineers for the state of New York under uh, the leadership of Governor Kathy Hochul. Our number is 1-800-848-9222. That's uh, 1-800-848-WABC. Let's go to Tony in New Jersey. Your turn to be heard here. Hey, Curtis. Yeah. Quick, um, quick comment. If this guy went into a mosque or a synagogue or a church, would he be a terrorist or would he still be a gunman? Uh, I think right now, pretty much based on what we know, uh, he's going to be labeled uh, uh, a potentially domestic terrorist. I, I, I think that label will eventually, he will have earned that because uh, he does indicate in his manifesto, you should know this, Tony, that the person that most motivated him was a guy named Brenton Harrison Tehran. Never trust anybody with three names. That's always double trouble. That's the person that radicalized him. Not that he knew him personally, but remember, this was the crazy uh, in New Zealand, who back in 2019, on the day of prayer for Muslims, Juma, on Friday, walked into two separate mosques in Christchurch, the capital of New Zealand, and ended up killing 51 Muslims and maiming others. And he also live-streamed his attacks on the Muslims and posted his uh, writings, his manifesto. Uh, so I think eventually he's going to be labeled that. Well, where'd he go? I was giving him pertinent information. I know he was going to contradict that. But, hey, when I when I do talk radio, I come prepared. I'm not just winging it here. I spent hours on this and not, not watching TV. 
Because all they keep doing is recycling the same information, the same headlines over and over. All we keep talking about is, oh, what a horror, what a horror. Kathy Hochul, the governor, I, by the way, running for election. Uh, and then also uh, Gillibrand, Gillibrand, Gillibrand. You know, whenever you're a convert, and they are both converts because they were NRA queens, both Kathy Hochul, A-minus rating from the NRA when she was congresswoman in Western New York, Kathy Gillibrand, she was the number one queen of the NRA. She was Annie Oakley. She not only had guns, she stored them under her bed. She took photos of her shooting at the shooting range out there in the woods. And then she had a chance to be senator. But all she had to do was renounce the NRA and become a gun control advocate, which she did in six hours. These people have no souls. They have no ideology. If they're in a particular area where people want guns, hey, I'm a gun person too. But then if they represent an area that is uh, predominantly opposed to the open uh, carry and purchase of guns, then all of a sudden they want to take your guns away. Try to figure it out. They're not alone. There are so many out there in that capacity. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Benny calling from Harlem. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Benny. Hello, Curtis. How are you? I've had better days. I've had better days. Go for it, Benny. Curtis, God bless you, the whole WABC crew, and even the guy who answered the phone. Let me tell you something. Thank God for you and your radio station. You are telling the world what's going on. Curtis, you should have been mayor. You should have been mayor. They w- we would have got all the right people behind you, and you know it. Why they don't let you be mayor, I don't know. But when you get to be mayor, you're going to be the man. And you're going to go down in history big, big, big. Well, 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 hold, hold your horses, man. The I lost fair and square to Eric Adams. Uh, there is something disturbing coming up of Eric Adams. Is there is a United States Supreme Court case uh, that is adjudicated already. Their announcement uh, will take place in June about the right to carry in New York State. That means citizens who have a premise permit. That means you can have a weapon to protect yourself in your home or your place of business, but you can't carry it. Uh, That that would revert, and they would have the opportunity to carry. If they pass the uh, restrictions on home premise use, they'll then be able to carry. And Eric Adams uh, at a press conference the other day in Harlem said, oh, my God, this will be the absolute worst thing It'll be worse, he didn't say this, but he might as well have, than what the criminals themselves with their illegal guns are doing in the streets in New York and the subways in New York. So his biggest fear is that law-abiding men and women who have a permit for a handgun on their premise will now have the opportunity to carry. I don't know if if they'll be able to uh, um, have a carry permit in which... uh, it's exposed or not exposed. That's still to be determined by the United States Supreme Court. But I have a feeling we're moving in that direction. And Eric Adams immediately is saying there'll be more crime as a result of that. I don't know how you can say that. I don't know how you can say that when you know there are law-abiding people every day uh, who have carry permits, except it's very difficult to get. You have correctional officers and retirees walking around with weapons, court officers walking around with weapons, Eric Adams, who who was a retired police officer, walking around with weapons. You have a whole panoply of people who continue to walk around carrying handguns, 
And by the way, they're not on their hip. We can't see them. They're out of sight, out of mind. They're able to do that, but law-abiding people are not going to be able to do it. And if all of a sudden the United States Supreme Court rules in their favor, that's going to prove to be a menace to our community? Hypothetically, hypothetically, let's imagine that you were an African-American patron or worker in that supermarket, Tops, in East Buffalo. And I've been in that area many, many times in the past. And this gunman bursts in, and as part of his plan, he knew there was a security officer armed who happened to have been a former Buffalo police officer. He knew he would have to shoot his way through that security officer. He wrote it in his manifesto. He shot four in the parking lot, and obviously the security officer immediately came to the door. The security officer fired a shot at him, but unfortunately it bounced off his body armor, and then he just waylaid that security officer, killing him, and then continued his rampage up and down the aisles, trying to shoot as many black people as he could. And according to his manifesto, if they dropped in front of him, he'd put another shot in their chest, hoping to terminate their life. But just imagine the manager of the store, an employee, or a shopper, had a carry permit. Do you think that would have been uh, more dangerous to the situation? Or maybe that person, if they had chosen to pull the weapon and fire on the, this killer, might have had luck in shooting him in the head or another part of his body that, in fact, was not protected by that body armor. I, I go with the, the guy or the gal with the carry permit because I've seen that happen in other parts of the country where uh, they carry weapons where either you can see it because it's exposed on the hip uh, or it's concealed. And I haven't seen that as a problem. I see the criminals as a problem carrying weapons, not the law-abiding people. And look, I had, I had a right for a carry permit when I was shot five times with hollow-point bullets on the orders of John Gotti Sr., to John Gotti Jr., and the Gambino crime family on June 19th in 1992. I chose not to to carry a weapon, although I could have legally, uh, because guardian angels don't carry weapons, how could I set an example if all of a sudden, because I was a victim and a target, I'm going to start carrying a weapon. But the point is, I don't have a problem with people carrying a weapon if they're lawful, if they're legal, and if they know how to use the weapon. And why wouldn't we encourage it if they already have a premise permit to keep a gun in their place of business or their home for security? Our number is 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Check this out. No one knows New York better. The founder of the Guardian Angels, Curtis Lewa. And you can't compete against that. On 77 WABC. Now that this 18-year-old shooter has the attention of the world because of the carnage he inflicted on that predominantly African-American community in East Buffalo, 10 dead, three others injured, and he left behind online a 180-page manifesto. And when you read it, I had a chance to read excerpts of it because we don't have it all yet. Law enforcement does as they try to figure out 
what his motivation was, what his trigger was, when he actually made the decision to follow up on these plans that in his own manifesto he indicates he had been working on for many months. He said the turning point for him was in May of 2022, two months after the lockdown, uh, during the pandemic in March of 2020. He was sitting around saying, you know, I was getting bored in my house. I was going online. And then suddenly I discovered on one of the websites, one of the websites in which uh, uh, it's a bit out of sight, out of mind, because you have to have a member, so it's not necessarily open to the entire public. He discovered a, um, a form of a thought process that suddenly mobilized him. The Great Replacement Theory. And he was transfixed by this because the whole premise of this is that white Americans are at risk of being replaced by people of color, whether they're illegal aliens flooding in from south of the border or they happen to reside here and are citizens uh, just like the rest of the folks in the United States. And this um, this view, the great replacement theory, was enhanced uh, to him over and over to the point where he said conservatism is dead. I'm not going that route. The progressives, they advocate for equality, but it's wrong because when you do the analytics, average black men have a lower IQ than an average white man. So, look, the guy's a nut job. He's uh, obviously uh, off his rocker. He's a racist. His motivations uh, uh, should have been apparent to some who are basically claiming that he's a bit odd. He was not social. But nobody ever predicted that this uh, kid who was scoring 92 grades in high school would ever do anything like this. Well, that's because he probably never had conversations or probably never shared this information with anyone. But that's that, too, is yet to be determined as everyone is trying to make political hay on what happened in the east side of Buffalo yesterday at 2.30 in the afternoon. Let's go to Patrice in Brooklyn. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Patrice. Oh, thank you, Curtis. Can you hear me? Loud and clear. (laughs) Yeah, I want to thank you so much for your report that that young man who who allegedly killed 10 people. Now, I'm not a female Malcolm X nor um, female Minister Farrakhan, um, and I was raised as a child, Curtis, uh, as as a Christian. Uh, But you said something about what this young man was thinking about that that uh, perhaps the black people or brown people could take over no people in my opinion uh, can take over other people but the best of a profession or the best uh, the best persons in a profession or best persons in a trade usually become the best because they 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 try and they never give up in in terms of trying to do as best as they can uh to but no, no, in this, in this particular case, Patrice, uh, knowing that his mother and father were in the house, it appeared to be a stable household, highly educated, civil engineers for the state of New York employed by the governor, Kathy Hochul. Uh, you would say to yourself, gee, did they ever have discussions with him? Did he ever bring up this subject with his parents, which is something you might have been apt to do? Was he influenced maybe by his father who believed this or his mother or both? I, I think we've got to do a bigger dive Uh, But there is a general fear out there that America will no longer be a predominantly white nation at some point, but there will be far more uh, Hispanics in the United States at some point in our future. 
then there will be of uh, Caucasians. I mean, it's eventually happening, and uh, that's true of blacks also. The predominant number of individuals who will populate uh, America in the future will be of Hispanic background, and at the rate that Asians are coming into the country, they will have a sizable number. So hypothetically, in the future, you may have uh, a quarter, a quarter, a quarter, a quarter, a quarter white, a quarter black, uh, about a third uh, Hispanic, and maybe about a fourth uh, Asian. That That's the direction that our country is moving in. I'm not afraid of that. Why would I be afraid of that? But there are some people who immediately equate that a person's color is a reflection of what they're going to do in this country, and I I disagree with that. I totally disagree with that. And that's where you have to do interventions with people because maybe, just maybe, in the area that this um, 18-year-old killer lived in, he had little of any contact with uh, blacks or Hispanics uh, or Asians. I don't know that to be true. Bingington, uh, where I've had guardian angels, uh, there are parts of it that he lived nearby, uh, that have a minority population of blacks and Hispanics. I don't know. But it appears that he was more of a loner and probably didn't go into Bingington. Now, the interesting thing to me is he had this mapped out every second. He even had it determined where he would eat his lunch. He was concerned about eating his lunch before killing black people. Uh, the parking spot he would pull into in that uh, supermarket in East uh, Buffalo. But then again, he might have gotten that from GPS. Maybe he never visited that area. I'd be interested to know as uh, the FBI, the Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearm Agency, uh, the state police, and obviously the Buffalo police do a deep dive. He might never have visited this area. All by GPS. You can do that now. You could find the parking spot you want to be in. You could see people going in and out of the supermarket. It strikes me that he might never have been in this location. He didn't have his own vehicle. He took his parents' car. Now, I don't know if he took it with their permission, but he drove the 200 miles in his parents' car. I, My gut reaction is he never went to the east side of Buffalo before, but I could be proven to be completely wrong on that. This is just a gut reaction. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Gail in Harrison, New York. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Gail. Hey, Curtis. I mean, I understand this is a newsworthy thing to be happening right now, but I think the more the, the conversation goes on and on about the color, you're making it a color thing. It's, it's terrible that this person, whatever was going on, whatever kind of parents he had at home, would walk into a supermarket and kill people just for whatever is going on in his head. The more we talk about the color thing, you bring out all the other ugliness in people. I see it as a sick individual. Yeah, he laid it out in a 180-page manifesto that he worked on for many months. This was this was not a sporadic situation. Uh, he was very anal. He was very methodical. He was very meticulous. He had heroes who themselves had gone into situations specifically to harm African-Americans, to harm black people, to harm Muslims, to harm uh, uh, illegal aliens. So why wouldn't we be discussing about something that this guy was writing about in 880 pages so that we would understand why the hell he did what he did? Why don't you read the 180 pages? Because it wasn't all about black people. 
Yeah, it was about uh, Muslims. It was about uh, Asians. It was about Hispanics. Yeah, no, no, no. It's a, it, I haven't read all 180 pages. The police haven't released it yet. But there have been snippets of it where he is very clear in terms of what he posted, what his motivation was. Uh, and I think for you to suddenly discard that, it's the same way with Frank James. I watched all of his YouTube videos. Those are four hours of my life I will never get back again. Frank James and nobody cared about. He was a person of no consequence. Every day he would make a YouTube video about what was bothering him in life. And it was usually other people that he was uh, uh, riffing about. And yet then all of a sudden he determines he's going to go on the N train and fire 33 shots. Luckily, his uh, 9-millimeter jammed after releasing smoke bombs. He injured 10. Luckily, he didn't kill anybody. He walked around the city of New York like he was a tourist for 30 hours and then gave himself up. And you don't even hear about this guy. You don't even hear about this guy anymore, other than all of a sudden R. Kelly has befriended him as his Maytag in the Metropolitan Correctional Facility in Sunset Park, and they're singing show tunes under a carousel. Wow, what a weird combination that is. <laughs> Frank James, right? We didn't hear anything about this guy. We didn't even know his color for a while. Oh, hey, it's a guy... He's wearing an orange vest like an MTA worker with a yellow construction hat. Hey, that matches like uh, like half the workforce in the subway system of New York City. And then he was walking around dressed like one of the village people with the hard hat on, with the uh, orange vest on, and nobody found him. In fact, let me remind you that ABC was in the forefront, WABC, through Rudy Giuliani's program. Uh, he had given out the name of the license plate. Uh, of the uh, rental van, an Arizona license plate, gave it out twice in his program the day of the shooting. And one of our listeners who was listening to Rudy was two car lanes away, looked at the license plate and said, holy blankety blank blank, that's the van, called it into the NYPD. Did he ever get credit from the NYPD? Bupkis. Ugats. Eric Adams, nothing. You know who gave him credit and gave WABC credit for that that help uh, they provided, uh, help in capturing uh, Frank James? The New York Times. Wow. Imagine the New York Times actually cited Rudy and WABC's contribution. But here, I never heard Hochul, Gillibrand, Schumer talking about Frank James coming into our city uh, shooting up the place, trying to kill as many people as possible, and luckily uh, his 9 millimeter jammed. Then I hear all that. You got all those YouTubes. Hey, look, knock yourself out. Go watch. Oh, that's right. They took the YouTube sound. Well, you got to trust me on this. The bile that was pouring out of his lips. Anyway, let's go to Roy, who's calling from New Jersey. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Roy. Yeah, two things, Curtis. First of all, what I don't understand, neither side of the aisle is talking about if this guy made terrorist threats, which say I'm going to go in and, and shoot up people at a graduation is terrorist threat, why the FBI, uh, why the state police would have put him on a watch list if he's going to buy a weapon like that? We have a severe problem with people who are mentally deranged and the system knowing about it and not doing anything about it when they go out and purchase weapons. And this is just common sense. The, the other thing is 
there is a drive in the media that started with Hillary when she when she said the deplorables and the racist and the misogynistic uh, painting the, the right wing of America and Republicans in that way, and that's just constantly being per, uh, in per- perpetuity being expanded upon in the media, and it's sickening and it's terrible for America. Well, uh, Roy, that's what's going on now in the aftermath of the shooting. Up in uh, East Buffalo, Kathy Hochul uh, has to survive a Democratic primary. She's well ahead in the polls, but she have, might have a great battle to get elected against a Republican challenger. I happen to be supporting Andrew Giuliani, but there's also Congressman Zeldin, there's Rob Astorino. Uh, and I must tell you that uh, uh, she is going to grab onto whatever she can. Uh, to promote her agenda. It's a niche uh, issue for her, like the repeal of Roe v. Wade, which will energize her base, like January 6th, uh, like uh, inflation will uh, will mobilize the Republican base and the independents and uh, formula. We can run on right on down the line, Afghanistan, Ukraine, whatever the issues are, politicians are going to exploit them. The uh, gubernatorial primary is on June 28th, the general election in November. And you better believe between now and then, they're going to be exploiting as many issues as possible to get elected. And they're not going to care in whatever they have to say what it's going to leave uh, behind, what what the actual result of their statements will have on our society in general. It's all about getting elected. It's all about keeping the power. It's all about generating uh, your base to come out and vote. It almost might as well be, as was mentioned earlier in the program, uh, by Malcolm X, by almost all means necessary. By almost all means. We're not talking violent means uh, specifically, but all other means necessary. New York proud. New York loud. With New York attitude. All here on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Check this out. No one knows New York better. The founder of the Guardian Angels, Curtis Lewa. And you can't compete against that. On 77 WABC. You know, it's interesting. Now that this issue has come front and center because of this killer, uh, in East uh, Buffalo, uh, the concept of gun control involving long rifles, shotguns, assault weapons, handguns. You know, Pennsylvania is right nearby. This 18-year-old guy lived near Binghamton. Uh, it's a hop, skip, and a jump to Pennsylvania. And as you know, they have a very heated GOP primary on Tuesday involving Dr. Oz, uh, the uh, Trumper McCormick, and the uh, the... Candidate has come out of nowhere to be even Stevens in the polls, Bennett. And gun control, the mere mention of gun control, uh, will definitely increase the voter turnout in parts of Pennsylvania which uh, are opposed to gun control. Oh, so whole swaths of Pennsylvania totally opposed. And whatever happens on the New York side of the state border definitely can have an impact. This issue, which is so highly covered as it should be. Uh, leading up to the uh, GOP Senate uh, uh, election of a Republican candidate to run in the general, whether it's Dr. Oz, McCormick, or Bennett, 
might be impacted on this in terms of what the positions on owning weapons are by all three candidates. Our number is 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to George calling from the Irish Riviera, Pearl River in Rockland County. Your turn to be heard here on WABC, George. Hey, Curtis. You know what? My opinion with this administration, going back to the George Floyd, when George Floyd was killed by that cop, and even what yesterday, I'm telling you right now, all the Democrats were up and they were celebrating to themselves because this is what they run on. And this is what they keep pushing their agenda. They are so happy and they can't wait to get out and, and, and just go off on it. It's a shame it happened, but this is what they live for. They are happy, happy. Well, there's no doubt that there's a political benefit for them. Remember, as Democrats, they really hadn't had anything to look forward to in the midterm elections. Biden's numbers uh, were falling into the abyss, into the 30s. Democrats uh, were deciding to retire rather than to uh, run uh, for re-election in the House. But then all of a sudden, uh, the thought that Roe v. Wade might be repealed because of uh, Alito's uh, document that was released has energized their base. The gun control base will be energized because of the killings of this uh, mad uh, 18-year-old who went into East Buffalo hunting out African-Americans. There's no doubt about it. They're going to grasp onto these issues because, let's face it, they are core issues for Democrats, liberals, and progressives. But more important, other than that, they really didn't have anything going into the midterm elections because uh, President Biden and Vice President Harris were were actually sinking the good ship uh, Democrat that got them into office. Anyway, let's go, if we can, to Mike calling from Oceanside. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Mike. Hey, how you doing, Curtis? I've had better days, Mike. I believe so. Thanks for taking my call. Uh, I'm sorry you didn't, you didn't get elected. You would have been the better man. Um, I just hope that people that voted for him are satisfied because they got what they deserved. But getting back to this guy, because you had said something before that I've said plenty of times over the years. Even with friends of mine, I'm an old Brooklyn boy. You know, I know you're from the Bronx. We grew up a little differently. You know, you did something stupid. You got smacked and you didn't do it. Now, according to this guy that killed these black people, because uh, you were saying something about what this country is going to be going to be taking over, um, you know, with Hispanics. And well, on and it's, on. Uh, but Mike, it's not taking over. It's a natural it's progression. Natural, yeah, yeah, no, no. But you know what I mean? You know, like now my, I have grandkids and in 10 years from now, they're going to they, they're going to have probably be speaking spanish okay so i i can understand where he's coming from because when i watch tv and i see some of the old movies say with ginger rogers and fred astaire they're dancing and they show all these things that's to me when i see that that's america this isn't so when you see ginger rogers and fred astaire dancing in an old black and white movie that to you is america what about all the other people who live in america well, no, no, no. But they're showing other people in the movie. So to me, that's like that's Mike. Mike, let me ask you. Movie. Let me ask you a question. What's your ethnic background? I'm Italian. Ah, you know, there was a time here in America where the Protestants wanted no Catholics here. Whether you were Irish, whether you were Italian, Polish, German, they said the Catholics are taking over the country. The Catholics are taking over the country. Are you aware of that, Mike? 
Yes, I'm aware. You're absolutely right. All right. And and who are the dark-skinned, the olive-skinned people back then, Italians? You realize Italians were not considered to be white until after World War II? Yes, I know that. Right, I know so what you're hey. saying. But, but, again, we, you know, we're not coming over here illegally. We're coming here the right way. A lot of the people came here the right way. And yeah, well, that, no, no, that's a, that's an argument to make. Uh, legal immigration, you're absolutely correct on that. There's a right way and there's a wrong way. But might beware of being afraid of people who are different than you being in the majority of the population of America because historically at one time the Protestants, not all of them, but most of them, uh, felt that the Catholics coming in from Bavaria and Germany and Poland and mostly in Italia, from Italy and uh, Ireland, were a detriment to America. And that they were coming in as hordes, and they were coming in, and they were taking over. And remember, a lot of the Protestants, uh, uh, they believed it should take you three days to get up enough moisture in your mouth to spit because they were prohibitionists. They were dry. And then all of a sudden, they see the Irish drinking uh, their booze. They see the Italians drinking their wine. They see the Germans drinking their beer, and they say, oh, oh, my God. What has become of our country? Well, actually, our country got a hell of a lot better as a result of it, didn't it, Mike? Well, yeah, you're right. You're right. And my other, my other thing is also with this: you have those four, those four uh, women from the D Squad, the Dumb Squad, whatever they call. <laughs> now, my question is this: one of them married her brother, and nothing. Never, heard, never, never heard anything. Isn't that against? Or in this country? Ilhan Omar, uh, you would be surprised. Uh, there are places in the Bronx when I visit in the South Bronx now where you have uh, Muslims from Nigeria and they introduce me to their four wives. Uh, and you say, no, wait a second. Can't do that here in America. I said, well, nobody, uh, nobody ever bothers me here. Look, I'm taking care of my four wives. Why is it any of your business? I said, you can't do that. This is America. So what am I supposed to do? Pick one out of the four and say, well, this is America. I got to give up on the uh, other three of you. Oh, yeah, but okay, but, but here's the thing. If he got married here to four women in this country, uh, automatically, you know what? That's a whole different uh, difference thing. Yeah, but I, I know, but uh, you're, no. you're obsessed with Ilhan Omar on the squad. And trust me, uh, this has nothing at all to do with what transpired yesterday in East Buffalo. <laughs> you see, we can move. We can move in a thousand different directions. But up next, I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to take the time to give you even more information about this 18 year old killer. Because I notice in all other forms of media, there's little, if any, information that is coming out. It's just a repetition of same old, same old. Let me see if I can fill in the gaps as we continue here on the Curtis Slewa Show, exclusive to 77 AM WABC. New York's talk station with the king of New York. Curtis Slewa, 77 WABC. All right, let me uh, let me uh, give you the entree here. Frank Diaz, our news guy, gave you the hors d'oeuvres. And the hors d'oeuvres uh, were correct, based on the information that we know at this point. And it could be an ever-changing landscape about this uh, 18-year-old killer, Peyton Jandron, who came from Conklin, New York, 200 miles southeast of Buffalo, 
took his parents' car, drove there with his Bushmaster semi-automatic. But not everything on the Bushmaster was legal. So let's bifurcate this. Because, again, there's a lot of misinformation, nonsense out of it, out there. And I took many, many hours to try to determine to the best of my ability what appears to be truthful information and what appears to be nonsense, just the rantings and ravings of people who want to make political hay out of this. The reason that we don't have access yet to the 180-page manifesto that this 18-year-old took months to write, methodical, meticulous, very anal, uh, I believe uh, he may never have visited this site, although he gives the uh, uh, information of exactly where he wanted to park his car in the parking lot of that top supermarket in East Buffalo. Uh, And I'm thinking Google Earth. Yeah, he might have done all of this with Google Earth, which you could do without ever having uh, visited it. But apparently the 180-page manifesto was posted on a private server, which uh, it's invite only and less visible externally to you, me, or anybody else on a um, social networking site called Discord. Naturally, law enforcement has access to that now, and we don't. We just have to be satisfied with the uh, corn niblets that I was be able to take off of the corn cob. And let's hope in the information that I'm disseminating to all of you, uh, it turns out to be accurate or maybe has small variations. Let's talk about the gun, because everyone's focused on the gun. Was this a legal gun? Was this an illegal gun? This 18-year-old went to Endicott, New York. He drives up to the Vintage Firearms uh, store, which sells mostly antique weapons, but has some other weapons available for sale. The owner-operator, Robert Donald, has all the purchase history documents that does have his name uh, on his registry. He doesn't remember him personally, but he certainly knows that it was his store that sold him the Bushmaster. And when you understand this was done in New York State, apparently he also purchased across state lines in Pennsylvania a shotgun. And you could do that. You could actually do that as long as uh, you're at least 18 and can pass a criminal background check. So apparently he did that, but he did not use a shotgun. And I'm not aware that he had the shotgun in his vehicle when he left it to go shoot people in the parking lot and in the uh, top supermarket. So the Bushmaster semi-automatic long gun was legal. What was not legal is he had a high-capacity magazine. That's not legal. Where did he get that? He had to be determined. We know at some point, apparently, uh, based on uh, the manifesto that we don't necessarily have, but there have been tidbits of information released, that he modified the Bushmaster with his father's power drill and bought a parts kit for $59.99 online. That's not legal. Uh, And that's where you get the high-capacity magazine that comes into that. So that, that has yet to be determined And let's quantify this, that there are two sets of rules and regulations in New York State. There are rules for New York City, which are more stringent than for New York State. Uh, In New York State, if you're under 21, you cannot get a handgun permit. 
you do not need a permit for a long gun. You can own a rifle and a shotgun at the age of 16 in New York State, and you can buy them at 18. Now, New York City is different. It's always been more stringent. You know, we have what we refer to as the Sullivan Law that has been on the books for years involving handguns. New York City has separate licensing regulations. If you buy a rifle, shotgun, or a handgun, you have to have a permit. You have to have a permit. And you got to be at least 21 years old. So that's how it differs from, let's say, uh, if you were in um, Poughkeepsie or Beacon or Mid-Hudson Valley, whether up uh, into the western or central portion of New York. So let's, uh, let's put that aside. We know that he posted his manifesto. We know how law enforcement got access to it. We know that there have been screenshots of that manifesto that have circulated before the, uh, the server took it down. And the server was Discord. But there's enough information out there we can put together a profile on this guy. He had two younger brothers. And he had a father and mother who were fairly well-to-do in the fact that they were employed by the state of New York, both of them as uh, engineers for the state, civil engineers, uh, technically employed by Governor Hochul. Uh, We don't know if they owned weapons. We don't know if they had weapons in the household. We do know that neighbors said that the mother Pamela was a bit aloof, Uh, thinking uh, she was uh, a little better than the average pedigree of the person who lived in their town of Conklin, and that the father, uh, well, he just seemed to be a regular guy. He was always around. So uh, for the purposes of description, it didn't appear to be a dysfunctional family. It appeared that the father and mother were always there. He had two younger brothers. Some have said it was the perfect leave-it-to-beaver family, Uh, Other neighbors have said, hey, I always thought there was something a little weird with them, but nothing that comes to mind that would suggest that I shouldn't go to the graduation party that occurred on their lawn like it did for others uh, of the nearby Susquehanna High School in 2021 in June when people came to actually have cake and punch and praise Peyton Gendron for doing relatively well in high school, although he he was... uh, He was not a social butterfly. He didn't apparently have a girlfriend uh, for purposes of explanation nowadays because people want to be identified by 72 different labels now. I don't know if he was pansexual. I don't know if he was asexual, heterosexual, bisexual, homosexual. I have no idea other than he appeared to be a loner. Although, God forbid, in this manifesto somewhere, he probably insisted he'd be identified by one of 72 different descriptions nowadays. That has not come to the surface. He was definitely into video games. Well, let me see. My older son, Anthony, is into video games. Uh, My middle son, Carter, is into video games. Uh, And Hunter is into video games. And most of them are shoot-em-up video games. Uh, That's the preponderance uh, of a lot of young males in America nowadays. Uh, And then it's very interesting that (laughs) as as they went through the photo list, you know, obviously they went through all the social networking, all the photos that were posted, and they were mostly posted by his mother on Facebook. Uh, Peyton Gendron appears to tower over his father and others. 
He was about 6'2". And as uh, uh, his schoolmate said, he was a big guy. But, you know, when you saw him in that courtroom with that schmata on and the uh, the mask, this guy did not look all that imposing. He looked like a real mashad, a real mamaluk. But anyway, uh, this was according to neighbors and friends in his community of 5,000. And... Um, uh, most, I think most importantly out of the Facebook photos, what you should know is that he went on a few college tours with his family, spent some time enrolled in Broome County Community College, had a cup of coffee there. Uh, but there were plenty of postings of him and his family members and his younger brothers. And most neighbors are saying what typically happens in a lot of these neighborhoods when somebody uh, turns out to be psycho boy that we could never, ever have imagined that this could be possible. Now, you know, everybody is shocked. I'm sure we're going to find out things that would suggest that he was doing some peculiar things where if we had followed the Progresso breadcrumbs, uh, we might have had a heads up on what this guy might do. Anyway, our number is 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. This is what I called from a lot of the information that is available that hasn't necessarily been made, you've been made privy to or brought to your attention. But what he does state over and over in his manifesto is that he went to the top supermarket parking lot in East Buffalo because it had the highest number of black people in Western New York that he could find based on population and based on census. And his intent was to kill and maim as many blacks as possible. He states clearly that as he was going to go into that supermarket, his goal was that if he shot a black person and they fell, he would then shoot them again when they were down, hopefully to make sure that they would never see uh, the light of day again. This is in his own words. This is his own manifesto. Uh, so far, it does not appear, appear that he's part of a cabal, a conspiracy, a group. It very much appears like he is a lone wolf at this point. Our number is 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. Let's go to Giuseppe. Joey in Long Island, your turn to be heard here at WABC, Joey. Curtis. Yes, Joe. Yeah. Uh, thanks for taking my call. I just want to reiterate uh, about this. I watched the press conference last night with Hochul. Of course, you mentioned white supremacy about uh, six times. Okay, he was a criminal. The guy, Frank James, the guy, all right, he wasn't a murderer, but he did something horrendous. He also went on TV and cursed out all white people. Now, why didn't she come on and say, beware of black people or beware of people of color? No. Not at all. Only white people. And I'm sure you remember another instance on the uh, years ago, Colin Ferguson on the Long Island Railroad. Yeah, no, no, I I remember it well. In fact, Colin Ferguson, well-dressed, well-spoken from Jamaica, took a, a train from Penn Station, did not want to shoot any white people on that train until they reached Garden City because he didn't want this to be a reflection on the first black mayor of the city of New York, David Dinkins, so he did it in Nassau. He killed many, he injured many, 
But clearly, when he went to trial in Nassau County and he defended himself when uh, Kuby and Kunstler came up with the Black Rage defense, and he goes, what are you talking about, Black Rage? I didn't even shoot anybody. How could I have Black Rage? That wasn't me. Just to give you an idea of what a screwball that guy was. But, yeah, he had the racial rantings and ravings against white people. Now, speaking of racial rantings and ravings, Let's go to the audio tape because today was a day to make political hay with your constituency as exhibited by Governor Hochul in her backyard in Erie County, Buffalo, when she attended uh, services at a black church in nearby East Buffalo. But mark my words, we'll be aggressive in our pursuit of anyone who subscribes the ideals professed by other white supremacists and how there's a feeding frenzy on social media platforms where hate festers more hate. That has to stop. All right, now, she is the second person of note lately who has said that. In the aftermath of Frank James, the subway shooter, uh, it was our mayor, Eric Adams, who said he held social networking responsible. Uh, Hochul is holding social networking responsible. Okay, so what do you do? Uh, we have a First Amendment, it's free speech. Uh, what gets posted, what doesn't get posted, who is the arbiter, come up with some solutions. Don't just spew hot rhetoric and want to blame somebody. Right now, why don't we just blame the gunman? You think maybe it's like you, you, you have to take responsibility for what you do. We're all subject to a lot of different influences uh, in our lives, outside of our families, inside of our families, social pressures, emotional pressures, mental health issues. How about self-responsibility when you decide to go purchase a Bushmaster in Endicott, New York, then modify it with your black and deck power drill from your dad, put on uh, a... Uh, uh, a capacity, high-capacity magazine, which is illegal, and then go out and kill as many blacks as you can. We're going to for that. How about blaming this guy for that? And then we can follow the breadcrumbs. Oh, and then, of course, it was Chuck Schumer. He had to put this in historical perspective. What I do know is that yesterday's shooting is part of an ugly pattern, one that dates back to the earliest days of this nation. Nation. Racism, unfortunately, always has been, and unfortunately, even more still is, the poison, the poison of America. Yeah, I wonder where Chuck was when Frank James was shooting up that end train in a neighborhood that he grew up not far away from on Avenue R, out of sight, out of mind. Where was he when Frank James was taking a tour of the city for 30 hours, saying, here I am, I'm the subway gunman. And he wasn't caught. And has he said anything since about Frank James? Oh, that's right. The update, ladies and gentlemen, Frank James, who is now an inmate at the uh, Metropolitan uh, Detention Facility in Sunset Park. His cellmate, the pedophile on a pedestal, uh, R. Kelly. That's right. I believe I can fly, which was the theme song for Out Slim Shady Sharp and his failed run for mayor. Uh, when he tried to win a Democratic primary against Ruth Masurgan, a messenger, and Rudy Giuliani was able to persevere and win a second term, thank God. Cellmates? And apparently singing show tunes under a carousel? 
you know, they say these kind of things happen. You know, somebody becomes a Maytag. I wonder who's the Maytag. Is it R. Kelly or is it Frank James? Our number is 1-800-848-9222. Check this out. No one knows New York better. The founder of the Guardian Angels, Curtis Lewa. And you can't compete against that. On 77 WABC. Oh, this song is so lame. This is so not Curtis Lewa. God, who is that Dizzy Izzy who picked this? Yeah, so lame. Uh, it may be on my list, but I never play that song. Especially, uh, it, it doesn't conflate with what we're talking about. Yet. Kill it. Clearance, Clearwater's revival. Anyway, uh, anything not to talk about the normal day-to-day crime that is plaguing New York State. Just to give you an idea, we have not heard from our Mayor Eric Adams or Governor Hochul who's too busy blaming white supremacy for all the problems we have with crime in New York State. Uh, while you all were sleeping at 3 o'clock in the morning, uh, two groups had a beef on the number 6 train at 116th Street in Lexington Avenue in East Harlem. And you know how they settled their beef? By shooting shots at one another, which is very common nowadays. Now, were there any arrests made? Nope. Just another day in the naked city as crime continues to escalate in the subways and the streets and the parks and the schools. But we're now going to be all focused on white supremacy 24-7-365 as if that's our main problem. Now, motivations for this 18-year-old. Well, we now have some photographs that were taken from his streaming video. Uh, This gives you an idea that this guy wanted the whole world to see him commit his carnage as he was hunting black people in the aisles of the top supermarket in East Buffalo, in the parking lot, and in the entrance and exit uh, way. He uh, had his uh, military helmet on. He had his uh, camera attached to it. And he had his video thread uh, that was playing that was actually being broadcast until it was taken down about an hour later by one of uh, uh, one of Facebook's affiliates. I forget which one. It'll come to me momentarily. Twitch. Not Switch. Maybe he should have been hit with that Switch a few times when he was growing up by his uh, civil engineering parents. Maybe they believed uh, no corporal punishment. I have no idea. I'm not a shrink. We haven't gotten to that point yet. But what we can tell you is from photos taken from his video uh, stream on uh, Twitch, he had the rifle, the Bushmaster, aimed, and he had the N-word written on it, but also posted was the name of Virginia Sorensen, a member of the Dancing Grannies, the parade troupe who was smashed to smithereens in the city of Waukesha by the infamous Daryl Brooks. Remember the 39-year-old Daryl Brooks uh, after the Rittinghouse verdict in nearby Kenneshaw, Kenneshaw, Kenosha. Ha! See, uh, you have me doing mispronouncing. I've been all over Wisconsin, the Cheesehead State. Waukesha, I get. Kenosha, I should have had. I should have nailed it. It was the little Detroit years ago when they had all those automobile plants. It seen better days. But in the aftermath of the jury exonerating uh, Kyle Rittenhouse, 
Remember how Daryl Brooks got into his SUV after getting in an argument with his uh, with the baby mama drama in his life? And then he just smashed his smithereens as many of those grandmas that he could in the annual uh, Christmas Day parade, which was not in December. It was, I, I believe, November 21st in downtown Waukesha. He killed the six, injured so many more dozens uh, and apparently uh, on the barrel of the gun was the name Virginia Sorensen and also the name of another parade victim, but it uh, they could not make it out. Apparently that was one of his motivations uh, in his hate-fueled massacre was to get back for what was done in Waukesha by Daryl Brooks, who finally is incarcerated after years of committing violent crimes, mostly against people he knew. In Milwaukee, black people and baby mama drama people. Uh, But thankfully, maybe, just maybe, they're not going to let this guy ever out. But you can never say ever any longer in America. You can never say ever. Let's go to the phones. Uh, Let's go to Gail. No, make that Jacqueline who's calling from Brooklyn. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Jacqueline. Hi, Curtis. Good afternoon. Um, instead of Hocus Pocus uh, campaigning and running on a platform claiming to be the one that's going to be tough on crime, why doesn't she start with recalling Alvin Bragg uh, instead of inciting racial tensions and labeling this loon a white supremacist? She, she has never made any statement, nor has any other politician, directly referenced the countless racial hate crimes committed by mostly, mostly African Americans against Asians, whites, the vulnerable elderly, and even their own. So why doesn't she start with Alvin Bragg? Well, that's not going to fire up her base. Remember, Jacqueline, right now her political staff is telling her, look, you're probably going to win the Democratic primary easily against Tom Swazi, who's going to your right, Jumani Williams to your left. You'll probably win it easily on June 28th. But you may have a tough time from any of the Republicans that survived their bruising GOP primary process. Harry Wilson, uh, Zeldin, uh, Astorino, and the guy I'm supporting, Andrew Giuliani. So it's all about politics now, Jacqueline. It's all about firing up your base. They got their base fired up because they fear a repeal of Roe v. Wade. So they're on a roll. Remember, they were in the abyss. They were looking at certain defeat because of Joe Biden and what's going on in Washington, D.C. and inflation. But now it's almost like they've been resurrected, like Lazarus from the political dead, Jacqueline. Well, she's speaking with forked tongue. Well, if she wants to get the, the support of those Republicans, as you said, and she claims to be tough on crime, that's the way to be tough on Jacqueline, crime. Because that's she, that part Jacqueline, she, does, she doesn't need the support of Republicans. There's only 3 million Republicans registered in New York State. There's 7 million Democrats. She needs to get them to vote. She becomes an ex-governor. And she gets some independents. And there are almost as many independents now as Republicans. She couldn't care about Republicans. It's all about politics now. Every word out of her mouth is going to be white supremacy, gun control, white supremacy. This is a woman that had an A-minus rating from the NRA when she was the congresswoman from Western New York and promoted gun use, uh, did not want to ban handgun use in Washington, D.C., because remember, it's a federal district, so Congress rules over that and was promoting people getting shotguns and long guns 
But she paled in comparison to Senator Gillibrand, who was Annie Oakley. When she was Congresswoman outside of Albany, she had four long guns underneath her Serta Perfect sleeper mattress, shotguns, assault weapons. She, you could see her photographs uh, out on the shooting range. She was out there hunting. She was A-plus rating from the NRA. And then Chuck Schumer said, Psst, how'd you like to be the junior senator? Got a problem here, though. Obama and Bloomberg are promoting Caroline Kennedy. You know, she can't chew gum and uh, speak at the same time. You're the better candidate, but you got a problem. What's that problem, Chuck? You're like pro-NRA. Now, like any convert, you got to be a zealot. you got to suggest that you're going to kick indoors and take people's guns away. And, in fact, you go to the smelter, you take your long rifles, and you melt them down and have a press conference about it. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I can be the U.S. Senator, junior senator. Yeah, within six hours, she had a deathbed conversion. You you trust any of these politicians? They are fake, phony fagazis. They do what is in their own best political interest, and they basically say oofa to the rest of us. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Check this out. No one knows New York better. The founder of the Guardian Angels, Curtis Lewa. And you can't compete against that. On 77 WABC. Let me make a prediction here. Now that both Gillibrand and Hochul are going to be saying white supremacy, white supremacy every day, gun control, gun control every day, that they are probably going to invite over to New York State the prime minister of New Zealand, a woman like themselves, Jacinda Ardern. Remember what she did in the aftermath of that crazed lunatic who walked into the two mosques in their uh, capital, Christchurch? And killed 51 uh, Muslims on their day of prayer, Juma, on a Friday. And live-streamed it. All these nut jobs seem to want the whole world to see what they're doing. And wrote his own manifesto. By the way, he was the main. He was the main motivation for the 18-year-old killer uh, in Buffalo yesterday. But I remember what the prime minister did there. She had the uh, gun buyback and banned most semi-automatic weapons. I guarantee you. Hochul and Gillibrand now that this is the issue. They see this as the issue to get back on track with the midterms and eventually win the White House. Maybe not with Biden. Maybe with another Democrat. Boudicier, Boudicier, Boudicier. Or, or even Hochul thinking, gee, if I play my cards right, I could, I could end up in the White House over my dead body. But I could see them inviting the prime minister of New Zealand, who banned uh, most semi-automatic weapons and had that gun buyback. In a country of 5 million in New Zealand, been there in Auckland, two islands, 5 million people, there were 1.5 million guns. And they didn't get anywhere near the 1.5 million guns. And I say, what happened to the 1.5 million guns? People, people didn't sell them to the government, and they didn't give them back to the government. They probably have it on their premises for self-protection. Anyway, let's go to the phones. Uh, 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Mike in Corona. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Mike. Hey, Curtis. How are you doing this afternoon? I know uh, when you uh, talk about these things, you, you often like to look at history. And uh, Do you remember Fritz Julius? He's the guy who, uh, who founded the uh, Bund of the Nazi Party up in Buffalo, New York, uh, back in 1936. So Buffalo has a history, really, of white supremacy that goes way, way, way back. 
with uh, you know Nazi real Nazis that were that were uh, launched back before World War II even. And this is something that that you know uh, if if you went to school or, or up in Buffalo, you learned about this thing. It all ended when World War II started. You know when America got into war, you know this this type of stuff was thrown away. But there were actually Nazi racist camps up there, and in a weird way, a lot of these things were, were actually supported by the local politicians who at the time were a Democrat majority in New York State. Yeah, well, I'll give an example. Uh, we didn't even have to look to Buffalo, two most populated city in New York State at that time, second only to New York. You know, at the old Madison Square Garden on 50th Street and 8th Avenue, they had a bunt gathering of German-Americans, 18,000 who came from the immediate tri-state area. And prior to that, they had a meeting of 18,000 Italian-Americans who were wearing brown shirts in support of Benito Mussolini. It was actually Benito Mussolini who created the brown shirts. It wasn't uh, uh, Adolf Hitler. He uh, pimped off of Benito Mussolini. But they had 18,000 strong pledging allegiance to Benito Mussolini and fascism in the old Madison Square Garden. And it's the crazy thing here with all this is if you go back, you know, and, and look at it, it was also uh, used against Catholics. Uh, there, there was a KKK group that was massive in New York State back in the day. They used to hold marches around New York City, and uh, they also were based out of Buffalo and upstate New York and different places. And uh, their primary purpose was to was to stop a guy from Adam Smith, who was Catholic, from running in the elections. Yeah, you know, Al Smith, uh, who ran for president twice, only seemed to win the vote in uh, New York, Boston. I think it was Baltimore, maybe New Orleans, Catholic cities. He got crushed everywhere else. But uh, uh, you got to know your history. That there was a time in this country where the WASH, predominant number of Protestants, feared an invasion of Catholics, mostly from Ireland, Italy, Poland, and Germany, Bavaria and Germany. And they associated them with lewd behavior, with drunken behavior, because most WASPs were teetotalers, prohibitionists. And the KKK actually supported prohibition. And they were a powerful political force in many of the states uh, in the United States. Democrats, mostly, for the most part. Democrats at that time. Hey, times change. Anyway, let's go, if we can, to Richard, who's calling from Parsippany, New Jersey. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Richard. Yeah, Curtis, how are you? I've had better days. I'm sure, but, you know, Curtis, as usual, you know what you're talking about. Let me start with Kathy Hochul. Okay, I'm Irish. Kathy Hochul is called Black Irish. Black Irish are basically Jewish, Arab, Middle Eastern people. So she's on board with a Middle Eastern and black belief and delusional belief that they're overthrowing this country. Now, you as a bird brain, repeat this white supremacy term. Repeat it as though it's something. It's nothing. It's nothing. It's it's a word. It's an attack word used by this enemy, this brown and black enemy, to say that white people are the enemy. And if they're the white, they're the enemy because they're going to try to stop us from overthrowing their country. All right, so, Richard, uh, let's cut to the chase. You seem like you might be somewhat sympathetic to what this 18-year-old gunman did in trying to kill as many blacks as possible yesterday in East Buffalo. Uh, are you? At war. Shut up. 
We are at war, and he is a courageous militiaman. I see. Yeah, it didn't take long to vet you out, Richard. Do you have your own manifesto? You're going to vet me out? No, no, I said, I said, do you have your own manifesto? I think you got that beret on too tight. Yeah, you you and all this, and I'm with you, like, with this Godfather nonsense. The Godfather movie is about Jews. It's a copy of the movie made by the Germans called The Eternal Jew. The purpose of it is to display full-blooded Jewish people, the filth that they are, and try to call it Italian. Okay. Whoa, 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 whoa. So, so let me get this straight. So all the figures that we saw in The Godfather from uh, the Corleone family from Sicily, and there aren't that many Jews who could trace their lineage to Sicily, to Corleone, uh, it's, all, it's all about Jews. You see, there are those nut jobs out there, those crazies. They see a Jewish conspiracy behind everything. And apparently, uh, yes, uh, in this uh, 180-page manifesto, although I haven't seen this uh, too much, uh, there are statements uh, that this 18-year-old carefully prepared. It was not uh, sort of written up overnight. It was written up over a long period of time in which uh, he was referring to uh, anti-Semitic terminology. Who knows, maybe that guy Rich... uh, was an advisor, a consigliere to him. Oh, boy. The nut jobs are out there. The screwballs are out there. I wonder if he's got his swastika on when he calls and his little Fuhrer mustache as he goose steps around his apartment. Our number is 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Charlie in the Irish Riviera, Rockland County, along the Hudson River. Your turn to be heard here on WABC, Charlie. Hey, Curtis, how are you? We met uh, a few years back at a John McCain fundraiser down in Manhattan. Oh, yeah, I remember um, meeting so- John McCain for the first time, uh, and he looked at me like uh, I was uh, some foreigner from a country that wanted to overthrow the United States until his aide said, John, he's in Phoenix. He has guardian angels in Phoenix. That's the leader of the guardian right. angels. Anyway, huh? Right. He was different. But anyway, i just like to make a comment that we need to bring back the death penalty. You're going to get more guys like this, unfortunately, who are going to step forward and just say, hey, I got nothing to lose, especially when there's lax laws in the books right now where nobody's enforcing them, you know? And keep in mind, the guy who just committed this atrocity yesterday will spend his life in jail. As a taxpayer, we're going to be paying thirty or 40000 in taxpayer dollars just to keep this guy housed and fed for the next 60 years. No, really, that's, uh, that's Charlie, uh, I'm in complete simpatico with you. Uh, this guy, when you say, was it premeditated? Yes, he prepared this assault. He, he prepared this attack for months and months and months. He had any number of times that he could have walked away from it. Could have said, no, I'm not going to go through it. And yet, imagine, he planned where he was going to have lunch on his way there. Now, he's 200 miles away. He takes his parents' car. We don't know if he had uh, their permission. He didn't have his own vehicle. And he plans where he's going to stop for lunch. To him, that was extraordinarily important before he showed up in East uh, Buffalo to kill as many black people as possible. Well. It's not easy to monitor people like this. You know, with the, all this stuff that goes on, especially in social media, we might we might see this again, unfortunately. Oh, no, no, you will, because uh, people, when they're doing this, 
they they want uh, a video rendition of it to go live. You know, I think uh, in reverse, it was a while back uh, we had the black Hebrew Israelites, those two nut jobs over in Bayonne. They killed a cab driver first, then they... They rolled into Jersey City, into Evergreen, where the uh, Orthodox Jews, the Satmars, uh, have a growing community. And they laid siege to that supermarket there. And then later on, we saw all their rantings and ravings, their postings, uh, anti-white, anti-Semitic, black Hebrew Israelites. And then all of a sudden, we didn't hear about it any longer. Uh, That's because both of them were dead. Uh, But if you're alive... You continue to hear about it because you become uh, a figure of great regard within your limited community of haters. And, oh, they'll lionize him. They will no doubt lionize him uh, as uh, he himself indicated in his manifesto. He was actually motivated uh, by the guy who walked into the church in South Carolina, if you remember, uh, years ago. He sat down with the uh, black parishioners. I think he was, what, in his early 20s. He had a uh, handgun on him. And then at a certain point, uh, as they were having a worship service, he pulled it out and he shot and killed as many blacks and wounded as many as he could. I think he shot and killed six injured others. I think his name was Root. Uh, He's one of the people that he cites uh, in his manifesto as being of tremendous motivation to him. The killer uh, uh, in El Paso who walked into that uh, at Walmart and wanted to kill as many uh, immigrants as possible. He cited him uh, as a hero. So there are a number of massacres that he cited as being motivation for him to conduct his own. Dylan Roof. That's right. I think he uh, killed six and nine in 2015, the black parishioners in South Carolina. So this guy was on a mission. He obviously left behind a timeline. He left behind a manifesto. It's not maybe would be. You know what this reminds me of? We never quite figured out what the motivation was for that nut job in Las Vegas. Remember who had all those uh, assault weapons uh, knocked out the windows and his people were in the parking lot there uh, at a country western concert. He shot up as many people as he could. What did he kill? Almost 100 people. Remember? To this day, we don't know what his motivation was. To this day. And how many years ago was that? You don't even hear them mention that any longer when we talk about these episodes of horrific violence. Who was this guy? Why did he go to that hotel? Why did he go with weapons of war? Why did he decide to just waste people who were sitting down in that parking lot enjoying a country western concert? We have yet to ever figure out what that guy's motivation was. Well, I guarantee you, if we could attach a political ideology or a racist ideology to it, he would live in infamy. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Robin in Long Beach. Your turn to be heard here at WABC. Bobby. How you doing, Curtis? Uh, it's a shame you didn't win, but maybe you could try again in the future. Now, talk talk right into the phone because you're, you sound like you're in a tunnel somewhere. All right, you got to make it. Um, you got to make it better, Robert. We can barely hear you. How's that? How's that? I'm, my apologies. Perfect. Perfect. Um, this guy's an 18 year old. Where's the responsibility in the family? Uh, shouldn't they, um, those victims, sue the family for a civil suit? I mean, he couldn't have planned this in one. In, it took him two or three years accumulating 
tactical gear, guns, ordering on Amazon, getting through mail order, uh, accommodating and adjusting their, uh, their firearm with daddy's drill and equipment in the garage, and the parents are not aware of what their crazy son is doing? I'm sure, Robert, we're going to find out in days to come that they had some knowledge of it. I can't imagine, as you pointed out, he had other brothers, younger brothers living in the house, that that family was completely oblivious to the fact, uh, as you mentioned, he illegally altered the Bushmaster uh, with his dad's drill. He got a uh, uh, magazine, an illegal magazine attachment, uh, and you had to believe that from time to time he uttered things that the parents or maybe the younger brothers said, you know, uh, he's acting a little strange, Dad, or he's acting a little strange, Mom. Uh, but I don't know if you could hold him culpable since he is 18 when he committed this dastardly deed. He did buy the Bushmaster rifle legally, but the other elements uh, were illegal. 1-800-848-9222. Uh, let's go to, uh, if we can, Larry, who's calling from Queens. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Larry. Yeah, hi, Curtis. Uh, I was a little surprised when you were talking about the the idea of different races making up the country and you didn't weren't bothered at all. But if you look at it a little bit and you say, well, one group is wildly disproportionate with regard to crime. Uh, they're also wildly disproportionate with regard to welfare. Their cost for trying to educate them is wildly disproportionate. So it would seem to me that no, you know, and then you got the other groups like the Chinese, the Pakistani, the Indian, who by and large don't cause any problems. So if you're looking at the situation, you say, I'm going to be living here for a while. And here's the groups I'm not too crazy about uh, dealing with. So do you uh, bifurcate it? Do you say, OK, if you're from India and Pakistan, if you're from mainland China, it's OK, you get to stay but if you're from Mexico, El Salvador, if you're from Guatemala, you got to leave. Negro, American Negro. Right. Uh, you have to leave? No, I'm not saying anything about leaving, but you kind of said it doesn't bother me. But I'm saying as a person living in the country or the city, let's say, or the state, and I look around and say, well, there's this group is going to rise in population and this group's going to rise in population. But, 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 but Larry, is- Larry, don't you realize that there's a history of America where many Protestants who ruled the country at first said the very same thing about Catholics, uh, that they, you know, they procreate like rabbits. Uh, they drink booze. Uh, look at those Italians. They brought over Italian organized crime. You, 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 do you not know the history of our country? Well, yes, yes, I know. But the Italians didn't. All right, they would maybe disproportionate in crime, but it wasn't that big a it wasn't that big a pops a pox on the population. You, it, you, what was that? Italian organized crime wasn't a big pox. They were bringing drugs in by the kilos. Uh, Heroin uh, by the kilos from the uh, factories in Marseille, from the factories in Sicily. Uh, in Sicily. Uh, look, there have been all different ethnic groups, all different racial groups. But if uh, one group supersedes another group, are we going to suddenly say they're not Americans and they don't they're not entitled to be the majority? No, no one is saying that they're not entitled if they're legal. But you still have to reflect and say, Jesus, I wish the hell this population would diminish rather than increase. And when you mention the Irish and the Italians, of course, there was the 
uh, there was uh, somewhat uh, discrim- there was discrimination against them, but they certainly, uh, you know, uh, were not disproportionately disproportionately. Well, I, I think I think what we can agree on is you want legal immigration, you want people to be here legally, you want them to know the history of the United States, the country that they're coming to. You want them to raise their uh, families, uh, teaching them English, which is the international language of commerce and communication. There's a lot we can agree on. But I'm not fearful that one day there are going to be more Hispanics in America than there are going to be whites and blacks and Asians. That's just a reality. Check this out. No one knows New York better. The founder of the Guardian Angels, Curtis Lewa. And you can't compete against that. On 77 WABC. Oh, and you're not going to want to miss it when I return. It's 7 o'clock, so nice. We're going to do it twice. I'll not only give you more updates on the political hay uh, being... Uh, Reaped as we speak by the Democrats in New York State as they uh, promote gun control and talk about how white supremacy is the biggest danger that Americans have as they face the midterm elections and they don't have much to hang their hat on. (laughs) They're grabbing for straws. Uh, But I'll give you updates on the 18-year-old, his family, his background, things you probably haven't seen surface in the media yet. Uh, between now and then, I'm going to check, check, double check, and check it twice, three times to try to see how accurate it is, knowing that some of it is going to be misinformation because uh, in this age of uh, 24-7, 365 information, we're moving fast and furiously. And then we're also going to talk about the speed cameras versus the red light cameras that Eric Adams, our mayor, is going up to Albany to get uh, more a legal use of them throughout the five boroughs. It hasn't worked now other than to raise revenue, and he wants more. And then beware of the e-bike menace that is uh, killing, killing so many of our streets to the point where people are more afraid uh, as pedestrians of the e-bikes running up and down. And then, of course, uh, we're going to have to talk about uh, the formula issue and how people are saying, oh, my God, our babies are going to die. There's no formula. What the hell did they do when we were kids, when we were baby boomers? People are totally freaking out over this formula for babies. And then, of course, the animal welfare hour, 11 to 12, before Dominic Carter comes on, 12 midnight, followed by Frank Morano at 1, the other side of midnight, in which we discuss the animal welfare issues of the day from 11 to 12. But let's get back. Uh, on uh, on point, and go to uh, Jeff, who's calling from Queens. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Jeff. Mr. Sliwa, a long-time admirer. Listen, um, basically, I really think that the arguments that I hear from others in terms of, you know, the makeup and what's changing and the type of people basically boils down to the government calling the whole thing. Uh, due to their lackness of following the laws that are already in the books, uh, the permissives that they do. I think uh, even though, you know, your people and my people came from other countries, what happens here with the second generation, we developed skin in the game. And uh, from what I see, many uh, immigrants, as nice as they are, they couldn't care less about that. They couldn't care less about this country. Uh, whatever money they make, they're sending it outside. Uh, they basically come here just to report, and it's basically uh, under the auspices of what our government permits. Jeff, so, uh, so you're basically saying they come here just to send remittance back to their country of origin, 
They don't contribute here at all. I got to tell you, they do work that uh, my sons are never going to do. Never. No, no, I agree with you there. Not, See, so, I, I look, I've, I've watched the – remember, I come from a background on my mother's side, Southern Italian, spot A's. My grandfather, Fidelo Bianchino, was a ditch digger, couldn't read, couldn't write. He did work back then when he came over that other Americans wouldn't do. And he worked his way up uh, basically the hard way. And I see a lot of them work hard, a hell of a lot harder than Americans work. Uh, they don't complain. They do the work. And for everyone who's afraid of these Hispanics, how come they pick them up as day laborers, give them the keys to their house, go away all day while they go into the basement and they're getting rid of the black mold and everything else? They're picking them up at 5 o'clock in the morning. These are women, housewives in suburban vans. They can't be that dangerous if you're picking them up strangers who are going to do day labor for you. Are they, Jeff? No, I agree with you totally as far as that goes. But again, you know, um, like when my parents came here, and even the way that you mentioned your father, he basically underneath it all wanted to be an American. Most of these uh, immigrants now, they couldn't give two hoots about that. They make their money here, and the flags that they put in their car are from their home countries. They couldn't get there, but this is where they're coming to make their money, and they don't really give a hoot about it as long as they got uh, they can get the benefits and reap the rewards, and we have to pay for it. Well, Jeff, uh, you're sort of a blanket indictment uh, of all these new Americans. We hope they come legally. We should prevent them from coming illegally. But I think to paint them all with one fell swoop of a brush is just so unfair when they will do work that no Americans will do. No Americans. My three sons will not do that work. Many of your sons and daughters will not do that work, especially your grandchildren. Who's going to do that work? Who's going to do that work? Let's go to Francis calling from the Bronx. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Francis. Yes, good afternoon, Sliwa. Uh, good point here. Got to lower your radio. But your 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 oh, yeah. Your, your woofers and tweeters are booming out. I thought I turned it off. Yeah. Go ahead. There's a I'm pointing here to uh, the young man in Buffalo, New York, accused of etc. Uh, he might have been motivated by the fact that eighty uh, percent of, of murder shootings. And crimes all the way down to herd, herd shoplifting are done by blacks in the country, whereas the news media refuses, refuses to point that out. I find it just incredible. So this one's going to take the brunt. Well, remember, Francis, this is an issue now that the Democrats uh, have an opportunity to exploit. They have always said, in fact, that President Joe Biden, Vice President Harris has said that the number one danger to our democracy and freedom is white separatism, not red China, not Vladimir Putin, (laughs) white supremacy. So they have a situation that occurs that fits the narrative. This 18-year-old posts a manifesto that talks uh, about lionizing and making heroes, white supremacists in the past, who killed people that were different than them. He exploits that. And now the politicians are jumping up and down and exploiting this. You heard Hochul. She's going to try to ride this one back to the governorship. You see Schumer, he's exploiting it. Gillibrand, they're exploiting it. Uh, And they're going to continue to exploit it because in the general panoply of things that the Democrats have failed to do for American citizens, 
uh, Joe Biden has failed to deliver. So they got to do something to stop their tailspin. And so when all else fails, when you can't lower prices at the gas pump or in the supermarket, when all of a sudden you can't uh, uh, reduce crime in general, when you can't stop the flow of illegal aliens or refuse to across the border, you got to distract people. And one of the ways they distract people is when they have a situation emerge that has white supremacy written all over it. They're going to try to ride that to re-election. Remember, their main concern is the midterm elections. They know they're going to get wiped out in the congressional races. But Chuck Schumer might remain the majority leader if they hold on to their slim majority. So whatever lifeline they can grab on to, if it's uh, the repeal of Roe v. Wade to energize the base, if it's white supremacy, uh, the threat against America to energize the base, it's not about what's in the best interests of all of Americans. It's totally political. And if given the opportunity, the Republicans do exactly the same thing because it's not about what's best for America. It's what's best for these political opportunists who believe in I, I, me, me. It never gets down to us, us, and we, we. Don't trust politicians. How many times are you going to continue to make the same mistake over and over again? So nice, ladies and gentlemen. I'll be back at 7 o'clock with more updates on the 18-year-old shooter and killer in Buffalo. I promise you facts and information that you haven't been privy to before. From yours truly, Curtis Lewa, on behalf of 77 AM WABC.